Welcome to What's That About? Today we're talking about essential oils. And are they essential oils? See what I did there? Not bad. Welcome, Don. Before we crack into essential oils, have have you been? What's been happening? I'm not happy. No. <laughs> What's? <laughs> I'm not happy, little Lukey, because I, I never learn. I just don't learn. Every evening for the past three years, hmm. I have doing the routine, take out the recycling, yep. and I just drop about 50% of it on the way to the recycling bin. <laughs> there's like round ones, there's square ones. I'm trying to balance, like I've got the leaning tower of Pisa. But it, before I set off on my mission, I'm so confident. Like, ah, to be fine. I, <laughs> I'm trying to open doors and squeeze through. And I've just got this Hansel and Gretel trail behind me. So at least I can find my way back. But it is, it'd be so much easier if I just did it in three or four trips rather than, you know... Just, it's just ridiculous. Anyway, it just I, happened. I'm not happy. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to be unhappy for the rest of the episode. <laughs> I feel your pain. That moment when you're standing at the bin and you drop like a single little small empty tub of yogurt into the bin. Yeah. And you started the journey with at least 12 to 13 items. Yeah. It's an awful moment. I, I feel your pain. But I'll tell you one <laughs> thing. I don't rinse them out enough. Usually there's a bit of yogurt falling on my hand. <laughs> yeah. There's like oil on my leg. <laughs> Clean them, Don, before you take them to the recycling bin. Just... And that's the one that always falls and then splashes on my socks. Yeah. <laughs> it's, always the, it's always the door where the bulk of the load drops as well. I'm like, why didn't I just open the door before I started the journey? <laughs> that would have made so much more sense. I know. And surely, you know, bin lids, you've got this big flapping yellow thing <laughs> flapping over it. I was like... That's dangerous. It creates wind, which is plays havoc with the milk cartons. I don't know. It's there's got to be a better system. <laughs> the idea of you just walking back down the hallway, picking up all your strays when you've got yogurt and <laughs> it's and like, just garbage, weird stuff on you as well. Uh, it's it's the walk of shame. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Do you reckon yeah. some people just put it all neatly in a kind of a garbage bin during the week and then just tip the bin into the recycling bin? Well, this is the problem. I used to have uh, like a box that I used to have a dedicated recycling box made of cardboard and and didn't have a problem until I accidentally, for some reason, without thinking, I recycled the recycling box. <laughs> <laughs> I put the whole thing in, didn't click, didn't click and it just, just haven't replaced it since. So... <laughs> I think... Uh, I hope it's not just you and me that do this because... It is. It makes no sense what we're doing, but surely other people go through this as well. No, it's. I hope so. I really do. <laughs> so today we're talking about essential oils. Very big at the moment, Don. Everyone is talking about essential oils at the moment. Massive. There's people at my work that have little. I don't know. They look like little. They were like oil with like a ball bearing thing. at the top. It's like a. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's these round. It kind of looks like lipstick, sort yes. of. Yeah. And they just waft it under their nose. Just for some added calmness, I think. Yeah. People are like, it's like a multi-billion dollar industry. And in the last, Mm. I reckon, two or three years, I've really noticed it. Lots of people I know are into it. My wife is 
really keen on it. She, the kids get into it. Like we have these little routines in the evening where they go through oils on their wrists and on their temples and um, we put them to bed and I, I whisper in their ear sweet little placebo dreams. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and interesting because it's so expensive. It's like $3 a waft. They're not cheap. That is very, very true. <laughs> but they're essential. They're essential. That's the best bit about them. That's the best bit about the marketing. The, the, the yeah. clue is in the title. That's right. Yeah. Essential oil. <laughs> So I guess what we're really... Obviously, we'll we'll talk a little bit about what the oils are. But I guess, as always, our main question tonight will be, are they more than just nice smelling and and pleasant to have around the house? Is there Mm. actually a therapeutic benefit to these? But I feel a Don's definition coming on. Funny you say that, Luke. I've actually got one Uh, pre-prepared. A Don finition? Don finition. Good. Essential oils are concentrated extracts distilled from plants containing the essence or distinctive odour of the plant. So the essential part of essential oils actually refers to the fact that they're a concentrated essence of a plant rather than just being something that every home needs to have. <laughs> right. Which, I, I was disappointed. I thought it was a marketing genius. Essential oils. I reckon you should market the separator as the essential separator. <laughs> <laughs> For those that don't know what the separator is... <laughs> We haven't got time to go into it, but just link back to probably about 40 episodes ago and you'll you'll get yeah. it. It was Luke's, uh, Luke's attempt at coming up with a product. Basically just a petition on the barbecue to reduce the risk of mixing foodstuffs. Yeah, you don't want your veggies yeah. and your, your meat crossing if you've got vegetarians in the house. That's all I'm saying. That's right. So the idea that every plant has a unique oil and that unique oil has its own kind of chemical profile and each of those chemicals has potentially therapeutic or healing properties. So it's almost like a natural medicine cabinet which exists in plant life, which we can ingest or waft and it makes us, you know, better in in some ways. Is that kind of the gist of it? That's the gist of it, yeah. They extract the oils uh, from plants by steam distillation or... In the case of citrus oils, mechanical expression, whatever that means. I guess they squeeze the fruit and right. get the oil that way. But, um, you know, it's an, interesting, it's an interesting concept. In theory, a lot of these alternative medicines come from plants and a lot of actual medicine comes from plants as well. So it's not out of the realms of possibility that these may have some therapeutic effect. Yeah, that's what I found interesting looking back centuries ago when lots of medicine the like the mainstream medicine was plant-based medicine where they would use you know kind of the bark from willow tree as a pain reliever and then three and a half thousand years later it evolved into aspirin like a synthetic chemical but it actually links back to the, the plant-based stuff the ancient greeks used to use rosemary when preparing for exams for memory and then there's kind of a whole bunch yeah. of use of plant-based um medicines that have evolved over time but it goes back a very long way yeah, it is interesting to note that by saying it was used in ancient Greek or ancient Egypt doesn't necessarily mean that it works because yeah. looking looking back into old treatments, uh, the ancient Egyptians used to actually eat animal feces and smear it on their skin uh, to treat various ailments. So a lot, of, a lot of people will claim that as a positive, the fact that it was used in the ancient times, but it doesn't really mean that it, that it worked. Yeah, it kind of goes both ways, doesn't it? Like on the one hand... If it's been used historically and stopped being used, like the animal feces, 
it's like clearly that wasn't working but if it has you know continually been used for thousands and thousands of years surely at some point someone would have gone this isn't actually doing anything so it's yeah. kind of a bit each way there maybe but to be fair animal feces is actually pretty calming so <laughs> recommend that that's gross i'm sorry do you remember that time when we were down the coast when we were kids yeah does this involve my foot it involves my foot what we were playing tips around the holiday units we were in and i've raced around the corner bare feet and stepped right in a ginormous dog turd and it squeezed up between my toes that was it my <laughs> that was me that was me <laughs> you've stolen my foot <laughs> I would not be claiming that unless I had a very distinct memory of it actually oozing between the toes. No, that's me. It came up like, you know, like margarine in the middle of two crackers. <laughs> like, st- oh, man. You've stolen my story. <laughs> You've stolen my foot, buddy. We it's- might need to get mum on the yeah. phone. Oh, you know what? You can have it. You can have it. You can, you can have it. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> That's funny. I really thought that was me. That is weird. Yeah. <laughs> I pushed someone in the mud though, didn't I? That was me. That was no. Yeah, that was me. That, that was, was me. <laughs> or was it mud? Was it mud? <laughs> <laughs> We're so, heading down the wrong path. <laughs> nice. So, you know, for example, you might use lavender to help you sleep. You might use peppermint for digestive issues. You might use tea tree oil for cuts and infections or ginger oil for nausea. So it's kind of, there's an oil for every occasion by the look of it. Yeah. And a lot of individual oils are claimed to do a lot of things in for a lot of different body systems. So I'm not sure how it works, but um, that's and, the claim. And so the, the I guess what you might call the, the theory of change is, is that these oils come in through the nose or through the bloodstream and they get ingested into um, through the nerves to the brain and then this affects your moods and emotions and have has other physiological effects on your body. That's kind of the basic idea here. So one of the things we're probably going to say at the outset is because we each know a lot of people into essential oils and we don't really know much about it or we didn't know much about it until we started researching. This was genuinely a bit of a discovery process. So we're just going to be airing our thoughts about what we found and we certainly don't want to offend anyone or be seen to be overly cynical about essential oils. So we're just going to go through what we found tonight. And if anyone's got a, an issue with it, then maybe just dab a little bit of lavender oil under the under the nostrils, <laughs> and <laughs> it'll it'll uh, help deal with some of the dis- distress that comes up. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if that attempted disclaimer actually made things worse or better. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, we're certainly not trying to offend. We're literally. <laughs> Looking at this to try and find out, you know, what, what is actually going on and if there's any actual therapeutic benefit. So if we get to the if we get to the meat of it and ask, is there any evidence that these essential oils do what they're claiming they do? Mm. I'm gonna say a couple of things to kick us off. So the first thing I'll say is that in two thousand and twelve there was a review of clinical trials that related to essential oils. And they concluded that across all the studies, there's no conclusive evidence that essential oils have the kind of of impacts that that they are claimed to have on a range of health outcomes. That's kind of, that's the broad umbrella statement. Is that kind of what you found as well? Yeah, that's basically what I found. 
as well. Yeah. And what's interesting about those kind of reviews is they very much look at it through like the gold standard of evidence. So unless you've got kind of double blind, you know, placebo controlled trials where you've replicated it, they'll often conclude there's just not enough evidence to, to back this up. And, and rightfully so as well. Yeah, absolutely. When you go down a level of evidence in terms of, you know, kind of mild to moderate effects, there's a lot more evidence around the the effectiveness of essential oils. So there's a lot of studies like this. I'll describe a little study and you might have come across it as well. Yep. And there's bucket loads of this kind of stuff. So you get two groups of people and you ask them to remember a bunch of random words. In one room where they're doing this task, Rosemary was wafted through the air vents and mm-hmm. rosemary is meant to be good for memory. And in the other room, they weren't getting any rosemary, but they had the exact same task. And at the end of the study, the group that had the rosemary wafted through the, the nostrils did better, significantly better than the group that didn't. So they'll conclude rosemary boosts memory. And then often people who, who get the top level finding will go, oh, rosemary is really significantly effective for memory and they'll go around using rosemary. That's kind of yep. a, a common thing that happens. When you like dig a bit deeper into it, you see that it was a statistically significant effect, but the rosemary group remembered less than one word more than the other group. So right. the conclusions are like, it was significant, but it wasn't really a practical difference. Um, yeah. that's, not, that's not to say that it isn't a true effect, just that it wasn't a very big effect. And the, the issue with those kind of those kind of studies is that the people that are, they probably know what they're testing and they can smell rosemary, obviously. it's You can't really have a control trial for smells. That's exactly right, yeah. Or you can't blind people to them because they have a noses generally. <laughs> <laughs> we need to, need to get, get a no-nose population. You do. It's <laughs> and it's often that you read that in the bottom of the studies because often these studies... Um, are conducted by people from within the oils industry. But when they're not conducted from within the oils industry, often it will be like, yes, this was a, a significant effect, but there's lots of reasons for why that might have been the case that, you know, that might say, that might lead us to say that doesn't mean it's the oils. It could be other things. So often it's like you massage an oil on someone and they'll say, it could have been the oils, it could have been the massage, it could have been just the interpersonal attention. There's a whole bunch of things going on here. Yeah, that's right. And then you've got this other kind of study which is like you know in a petri dish or in rats and they've got cancer cells and you douse some oils on them and it it cures the cancer cells using the essential oil and then people cite that study as evidence that oils can cure cancer but when they try to do that in humans it hasn't worked at all so there's that kind of evidence as well yeah certainly animal trials don't always translate to humans yeah exactly right i think if you tested it on a pig it would probably work with you but <laughs> sorry, that's. <laughs> I should have gone with gorilla or something. <laughs> you know, we went to a we went to a farm the other day, and there was this really big pig just lying in the mud, just chilling out, half awake. <laughs> and I reckon like three out of the five members of my family said, "That's you, Dad. That's what you'd love to be doing. <laughs> You're like popping it." You should stop going to zoos. You get lookalikes all over the place. Big nose to Pia from a few episodes yeah. ago. <laughs> Big fat pig lying in the mud. That's dad. <laughs> That's dad. You'd love to be doing that. And the, the truth is, I would bloody love to be doing that. <laughs> it would be good. He had, he had no demands placed on him at all. He was just chilling in the sun. <laughs> Second question. 
Yeah. I haven't been to a farm in my life. What are you doing at a farm? That's a daily occasion for me. <laughs> you just it. head off to the farm. <laughs> I love a farm. I, I, smell, I smell good at a farm. I like farms. I smell That's good true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't even feel good about your odour, does it? <laughs> <laughs> to jump back to the evidence for a minute. So, of the oils that do exist, the ones that have better evidence than others are... Peppermint oil for kind of an upset stomach, lavender oil for sleep problems, and tea tree oil for acne and other kind of bacterial kind of infections. Mm. They're, your, they're the oils that have the most relative evidence. The issue I find with them is, yes, there is limited evidence for those. <laughs> what are you laughing at? I just got a feeling that the, the the dynamic we've established here is me trying to mount the case for oils and then you trying to politely shut me down. <laughs> uh, no, my issue is, while there is limited evidence for those conditions, the claims that the essential oil companies make are a lot, they go a lot further than that. They claim to treat hypertension, depression, anxiety chronic pain and dementia, among other things. And, you know, they're pretty big claims. And apparently in the US, the FDA got involved and said, you know, you've got to tone down your claims. And since then, I think they've used the term wellness a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was my big takeout as well. I kind of came away going, for those kind of minor ailments when you've got a cut or a scrape or a, an abrasion or you're feeling a little bit on edge or anything that is sub-threshold of an actual serious health problem they there seems to be like oh and they seem to work for people anecdotally they seem to make a difference it's when they overstretch and say you know if you're a little bit feeling a little bit blue this oil will help and then they start saying if you've got clinical depression this oil will will cure you and it's it's that continuum issue that i think is one of the the things they're struggling with there was one study which is interesting that they basically exposed people to three different scent conditions. So there was one called Nerily, which is uh, classified as a stimulating smell. There's got lavender, which is classified as relaxing, or there was no scent. And so basically, no matter what they were smelling, whether it be the relaxing scent, the stimulating scent, or no scent, if they were told that they were smelling a relaxing scent, they would feel relaxed and they would have decreased heart rate, decreased blood pressure. If they told they were having a stimulating smell, then their body would react to that. So it's really... It showed that the power of suggestion was the biggest factor, regardless of what they were smelling. Yeah, absolutely. I read a lot of that as well. The expectancy effects seem pretty rife, pretty rife here. I read a similar study with lavender oil. One group told it'll relax you, another group told it'll stimulate you, and then both groups had the ex- they felt how they were told to feel. Yes, it's kind of it's, yes, it's, our, it's our old favorite placebo effect. We we love the placebo. I bloody love it. It's one a of great the, one of the great effects. Good. What I don't like then is that I basically stumbled over my words for about 10 minutes and then you said exactly what I said in about six words. <laughs> you rephrased it. What this idiot's trying to say is this, and then you said it lovely and succinctly. <laughs> so that's kind of when you look at what, so what else could explain it if it's not the qualities of the oil. The research is kind of saying, well, these there are expectancy effects and then the other group is kind of saying, we're actually suspicious that the amount of chemicals in the oil could have that much of an effect on your brain or body so it's a dosage potency issue is the other criticism that essential oils get yeah i guess the thing that was interesting to me as well was around mostly that they're 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 pretty harmless oils for people to be taking but i kind of saw two things that popped up 
two kinds of problems that existed around oils. One is is people using them who don't have great education around aromatherapy and they're using them every day, forgetting that they're actually quite potent natural chemicals. Yeah. And lots of aromatherapists <clears throat> are really concerned about that overusage. And then at the other end, it's people who are using them to treat serious health conditions and they don't have the potency to treat complex medical problems. So there's kind of two extremes there that people are dealing with. And then um, there's kind of a safe middle ground around everyday ailments, just feeling a little bit calmer, a bit clearer, just kind of the, the comfort that comes from a nice smelling room. There's that is kind of the safe space for this these oils. Yeah, it's an interesting thing that they sort of, they treat it like medicine. However, often they'll put it in these little oily, smelly things and they just pump it out into the room. I read one, which was an aphrodisiac. If they're pumping that out into the room, that's pretty dangerous stuff, if it works. <laughs> an aphrodisiac? <laughs> yeah. One, one, the one, I can't remember which oil it was, but it was not only an aphrodisiac, but it was used to treat spasmosis. So, <laughs> just treated both of those things. So, someone's having a good time in the bedroom tonight. <laughs> I just found myself in the middle of a bonga bonga party having a uh, spasm. <laughs> Did you put the oils on? Bloody hell. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, any chance to reference a bonga bonga party and I'll do it. That is an old <laughs> reference, but a good reference. Was that Berlusconi? Was that? Yeah, Berlusconi's <laughs> bonga bonga parties. <laughs> you know, the weird thing is I can't actually smell the oils. They're, they're, they're running through my house more days than not and I can't smell them. Is it's, that, you know, that, that thing where you smell something for that you sort of your body gets used to it no but i've never been able to smell them even the first day i'm like i can't smell a thing like my wife can and my kids can but i'm like i don't know what's going on like it's in a whole other episode in itself why can't i smell essential oils is it possible the essential oil salesperson ripped you guys off big time? It's like, yeah, it's full. Nah, it's heaps of oil in there. It's fine. It's $300, please. You just can't see the oil because it's essential. That's the... That's uh, right. <laughs> it's chock full of wellness in there. It's just... <laughs> and in terms of, I guess, other risks and side effects, there's a little bit of evidence that if you use too much lavender oil or tea tree oil before puberty, particularly for boys then it can result in kind of enlarged breast tissue, which really? does does make me wonder that mum must have been giving me lavender oil baths because I've got a, I've got a lovely set of breasts. Very, <laughs> Damn your self-deprecating era. I was going to say the same thing about you. <laughs> you beat me to the punch. <laughs> you know, another really random fact I stumbled across when researching this Mm. This is actually my favourite fact of the whole episode. So, brace yourself. Lots of the articles I read were kind of like, essential oils, are they effective or are they just snake oil? And there was lots of people referring to it as, as is it snake oil? But when, you looked into, when I looked into snake oil, really interesting that apparently snake oil actually has some pretty good therapeutic benefits because it is loaded with omega-3. So the original snake oil was from the Chinese water snake and it's got more omega-3 in it than fish does. And omega-3 is really proven to have really good qualities for reducing inflammation and and that kind of stuff. So back in the 1860s, Chinese rail workers in America used to rub it on their joints to kind of soothe the joints and ease the muscles and whatnot. And all the Americans were like, oh, we want some of that. And they tried to 
then sell it to the market, but they used rattlesnakes instead of Chinese water snakes and they didn't have the same qualities in the snake oil. And then that's when it all kind of came undone when they started analysing the snake oil that the Americans were selling and it wasn't doing anything. But the original snake oil, ooh, that's got some omega-3 in it. Really? So there's actually evidence that snake topical application of snake oil on the joints reduces inflammation. There is some evidence. Interesting. So when people use snake oil disparagingly, I'm like, I wish it was snake oil. I bloody wish it was snake oil. How do you get oil from a snake? Um, they extract fats and oils from mm. the snake, presumably just by a little squeeze. <laughs> uh, just, just a little, just ring it, just ring it a little yeah. bit. It's just like it's a tea towel that you just <laughs> <laughs> on your way, son, and then it just slithers off. Your little scamp. <laughs> you probably plumb tuck it out after that. Off you go. <laughs> Um, so snake oil, how good's that? Yeah, pretty good. Okay, so anyway, I've got sidetracked. <laughs> Don't say anyway. Um, say great anyway. point. And here's something I want to add. You've been going on about snake oil for 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was long. I thought it was an aside. It became the main thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to release this with the title of snake oil and other oil topics. I think so. <laughs> snake oil, the real essential oil. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the essential oils, unpacking essential oils. I guess the key thing here is just do what you want to do with your life and don't listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's very wise advice. Cool. Thanks very much. We will see you next episode. Uh, yes. Any any plugs? Any anything? No. no. Go to the website and suggest a topic if you want us to tackle anything in particular. Cool. All right. All right. See, see you guys. guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.